0: Turtle poop in the butt. Goat fart poops. I'm testing a theory that no one pays attention to the first like three minutes of these. That's what I'm. I don't know. I thought about that. I don't know if that's accurate or not. But give us your feedback. Are you into turtle goats and fart poops? However, I don't know
1: exactly. What just happened? What Um, just happened? Yeah. Why would, would? did I not get the memo? Is this sitting in my email somewhere that you were gonna do this? No, no.
0: Don't ask me. Top of my head, this is why I usually have things written down. Um, <laughs> so, guys,
1: welcome oh, to the show. Um, show can't get any worse. It can't get any worse from here. We're we're just it's, we could I only t- go up. It's best
0: if you hit rock bottom right away and then. Yeah. Maybe that was the point. Yeah, that's great. No it was a grander, yeah, it was a grand scheme thing there that that bit. Um, oh my God, we have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about today. We have a guest who's gonna be coming on in a few minutes, hopefully as soon as he's done husbandrying um and I think it's gonna it's gonna be a really good episode. We've had a lot of we've had a lot of good episodes recently, so this should only continue that that trend I think how are you guys doing what's what's going on?
1: Good doing well, not as optimistic as. As you are, but doing well. That's, that's, Close, fair. But that's not, fair. Not quite as yeah, Not quite there. I'm feeling, not I'm feeling quite a little as inadequate. Yet? Uh, not quite as optimistic as you are yet, oh, especially oh. after that little intro you just pulled out of nowhere. Uh, Got gotcha. you. Little...
0: I thought you said not quite as yet.
1: No, that's not right. And then, and then we just kept going down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um,
0: we wanted to talk to you first about uh, about your blog, right? Tony had a, a, a new uh, new blog post come out today on the Turtle Room, and Tony, why don't you sure. explain a little bit about how it went?
1: I wrote a article, an article that was um, shared today via the Turtle Room blog. There it is. Thank you, Steve, for putting that up. And, um, John, why don't you tell me what you thought of it? <laughs> I, you know, it was really interesting. It was really bad. He hasn't got... The reason why I ask and the reason why he laughs is because I know that he didn't get a chance to read it because I just had to... I just told him, like, ten minutes ago that I... that. We right. released it today, so right. that's and, all I was getting And that at.
0: harkened back to an experience that you just had very recently where someone <clears throat> asked you something that you weren't prepared to answer?
1: Oh, it's the worst, yeah. I'm sorry. Tell the okay, story. Tell talk. the story. Okay, all right. So, all right. I, I was on my way to a basketball <laughs> game. I didn't even know what you were getting at at first, so it took me a second. So I was on my way to a basketball game that I was playing in, and, uh, uh, an old man's league, which is all I, which is all I do now. It's, um, it's the best I got. But anyway... I'm fueling up my car. It's a high-performance machine, so I had to fill it with premium. And I'm there at the pump, and out of nowhere, there's this bright white light in my face. What the heck is this? I wasn't sure if I was being abducted by aliens. I didn't know what was going on. It turns out it's a news news crew that was uh, recording people at the pumps, and I immediately, no, no. Please go to someone else. I have a hoodie on, a backwards baseball cap. I look like a complete thug. I'm on my way to the basketball game, remember. And um, the guy basically talks me into it and bullies me into it. So I reluctantly am standing there still and not running away. Well, mostly because I'm pumping gas at the time, too. Where am I going to (laughs) go? And so then he asks me his question. And he says, so uh, there's been some threats made... um, here in Manchester, I was in Manchester, Connecticut, here in Manchester um, by Islamic terrorist groups. And what do you think, I mean, normally, you know, when this stuff happens across the globe, it's one thing, but, you know, to have it happen here, pretty sobering. I said, oh, no, I'm not talking to you about this right now. No, no, if you know me at all, I'm the worst person to ask about this sort of thing. It's just so ridiculous because... I, I and I constantly watch the news and make fun of the people that end up getting interviewed because they're on there for about two seconds, and they always manage to sound stupid in two seconds. You can't so make yourself did, so sound stupid.
0: What did you say? What was your your response? Your two seconds?
1: Well, I told him. I, I I told him again. There is no way I'm the worst person to ask. The worst. And so basically, <laughs> he just continued to push, and he said something along the lines of, "Well, you know, when these things, when something like this happens, you know." halfway around the world, you know, that's one thing. But to have it happen here at home, I mean, that's a very sobering thing. I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I absolutely agree. You know, when something like this happens halfway around the globe, it's one thing. But to have it happen here at home (laughs) is really a sobering thing. That was what I said. And it sounded so lovely, of course, because it was planted in my head by the news reporter. I was sure they were going to put it on. And thank goodness it didn't make the news. Whew. But so that's, that's that's what happened. That's great. That's what happened.
0: It's funny because that's what I mean, I thought you were going to resist and he was very literally planting exactly he was telling you exactly what he wanted you to say.
1: It was loaded for yeah, you, you I mean, I pretty much it his all. <laughs> I mean just basically picture picture a 6 foot 8 Homer Simpson in in a hoodie and a backwards baseball cap. Right. That's me. That that was me. I had absolutely no idea what was going on, and would have made myself look as dumb as possible. So I figured I'd just say what he told me to say. That's great. After I reluctantly, I didn't even really agree. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> know what happened. It all happened so fast that I was really hesitant and basically trying to get out of it any way I could, and somehow still didn't get out of it. Yeah. So. I should have just told them I'm a social worker and that I'm liberal or like super liberal or that I just don't, um, I don't know, that I don't like the news and that you make people look stupid because that's what I was thinking.
0: Right. But no one ever says that. No one ever says that to them.
1: Well, they never make it on if they do. Right. right?
0: Exactly. That's what it is, right?
1: All
0: right. Yeah. Let's get back to this blog, the, the real news.
1: So, yeah, so the blog's pretty cool. Basically, what I'm trying to do is start the conversation for some new people out there that are new to keeping animals, Um, basically shedding some light on the fact that what's popular in the pet trade is not popular because they're good pets. Right. They're popular because they're easy to breed in large numbers, and this is something I've talked about on the podcast before. This is something that I you know, um, take really seriously and feel is an important uh, message that needs to be out there, and yet it's not out there at all. Um, so if that's the the void that the Turtle Room needs to fill and a situation that the Turtle Room needs to help with, then that's what we're going to do. So, you know, we're constantly well, why, involved in why? as much as we can, can... Go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to ask, why, are, why is it... Is it strictly because of greedy breeders that, that these things are popular? Why is it that it's not talked about?
1: No, I mean, it's not greedy. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, all I wanted to do was breed turtles and be able to turn a profit. Um, you know, I, I probably chose not to do that because, again, something else I've talked about a million times, I live up north, and it's very difficult to do that, which is why it's so amazing what Chris Leone does. But, um I think that, so I don't think it's necessarily greed. If people want to keep buying them, there's no law against it. Um, and you don't know if someone's going to take care of the animal or not. And that's something you have to come to grips with if you're going to be a breeder slash dealer. If you're going to selling, breed right? and, yeah, if you're going to sell your animals, then and that's something you have to come to grips with. That even You can even give it to someone who you trust and they can all end up dead or even worse, suffer. So that's all we're trying to do here is just kind of shed some light on this subject. I, we were vending with Chris Leone at um, Hamburg again, um, April twenty fifth, twenty sixth. April twenty sixth, and 25th he has great, sulcatas for sixty five bucks, and then he has marginated <laughs> and, um, Ibera Greek tortoises, which yeah. are like yeah. awesome pet tortoises, especially yeah. for up north. For 80 bucks. And the sulcatas sell like hot cakes. They're sulcatas. What are you doing? I understand they're cute, but I just don't understand the thought process for people who obviously live in the north. This is a Pennsylvania reptile show. And, you know, Chris is great. He doesn't mind. We're there to educate people before they buy. We so, say, you know, both of these are both species, the sulcatas and. Um, I should say the the tortoises of the the Testudo genus, the Marginateds and the Greeks and and everything. They're they're great tortoises on both sides, but we try to educate them. This can get really large. They need more heat. They just need a lot more. And right. it, you're just setting yourself up for either failure or for having to drop the the tortoise on you know on someone else when it's 10, 12, 18 inches and you know. Right um, and, and growing and hopefully not deformed. So yeah, so that's pretty much it. I and mean, you know, it's pretty cut and dry, pretty basic stuff. But you'd be surprised how many people don't visit that within their first however many years in the hobby.
0: Right. Well, I mean, it's. I think it ties it ties into directly to what we're going to be talking about too. Is that the, you know, part of the reason, like you said, is because. They're they're the cuter you know the cuter species like people are gonna are attracted to the, to the cuter mm-hmm. species for anything whether it's to be you know to look at or to own obviously like that so that you know that gets people and uh, it's but it doesn't make the most sense it's not the reason like it's based on entirely on how we are choosing to view this this animal it's not about what's best yeah. for the animal or what will be, is best for you what works more for you. I think it's just all of them because, them I think them it's are just because of lack of knowledge. I don't think it's because yes. it's not malicious, but
1: all of them are great. Right. People don't know that there's a better alternative. They don't the, the people who are buying the sulcatas, they can't tell you what a Herman's tortoise, what a Ibera Greek tortoise is, what what a marginated tortoise is, and that's the issue. Right. Most of the people when we pull them over to the other side of the table and say, hey, just come and look over here. Here's why you should consider spending $15 right. more on the animal because right. you're going to save yourself so much trouble down the line. You're going to have you're, an animal that's perfect. You're it's not going, going to have to buy care. a dog house yeah.
0: to put the turtles in, in later.
1: Yeah. Here. You're not going to have to surrender them to a to a rescue when they're... Or do this. You know, when they're too big. Right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Here. Even worse. Yeah, do this that. This is a
2: pond in, here in Lancaster County. It's been around for a while. All right, let me see if I can... Here's my zoom in. If we zoom in, hey, look what's sitting there with the Eastern Painted Turtles.
0: Right.
2: One, two, three of those, and one, two, three Eastern Painted Turtles. There's a third one. Yeah. So we got these big mama red-eared sliders. There's even a little male here, so I'm sure there's little baby red-eared sliders swimming around somewhere. This guy here almost almost looks like he's got a little bit of cooter and red-eared slider in there with the way the face is shaped there, but probably not. But then there's this guy, or right. should I say this lady? This does not belong in Pennsylvania. Right. This and neither, is,
1: do or neither, neither do
2: red ear sliders. Neither do red sliders. They're native to the southeast U.S. This turtle, we think, may be a Moremmes rivulata, which is native to Eastern Europe.
0: Hmm. So it's got to be a released pet.
2: Uh, yeah, no doubt. Just like the red ears. It, and so here and just it so everyone is. Knows,
1: it's one hundred percent moremi's. It's the genus Moremis, so it it's definitely a European or Asian species. Right. And it really I Steve, it really doesn't look like one of the Asian No. You know, the shape of that no, device. the
2: stripes on the neck the way they are make me uh, are have me leaning uh, Riviolati even though it's a little more domed than most of them tend to be. But either way, so this is a pond here in Pennsylvania, and we've right. got stuff that's so out of place thanks to hey, it's Cheap Pet. Right.
1: See, I think that's so cool. I I would pee my pants if I got a photo of a Moremmy's basking in the wild? turtle from, as, as the newscaster said, halfway across the globe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But when you see them right here, you know it's really sober. We're getting
0: invaded from everywhere. We're getting inv- ISIS is invading. The Maremys are invading. God, what <laughs> do we do? What's the?
1: What are the chances that ISIS put that turtle there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's really that's really interesting. I mean, I, it's so it is weird to see out of you know, out of context like that, just to see an animal that doesn't belong. But that's the thing. You know, that's the thing with turtles, especially that no one, you know, the layperson doesn't know what belongs and what doesn't for sure about any species. If you could pick out... If you could pick out a bird that didn't... You know, that wasn't natural, native to your habitat, but was, like, you know, flying around out at your feeder, what... I mean, would you... Could Would either of you know right. what one doesn't...
2: Mm, yeah.
0: No. Right. I mean, if yeah. it's a, as a finch, like, you know what type of finch, And I mean, stuff like that, I think it, that's not going to... That's not going to fly, I think. Um, right. So, actually... To to get right into what we're talking about, and now is the perfect time. But um, we uh, a couple of us watched um after the last episode, which I think you know I, I think we got a lot of positive feedback from, right, Steve?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah People think, really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, I think it was a good episode, <laughs> definitely. Um, but you know, we we were talking about you know these important questions to the future. Um, you know and how we're you know how we're going to place our uh, our resources to uh, to continue that the you know to ensure that the most amount of species um, can keep living um a w- interesting uh thing happened so then I watched this TED talk and I I gave it to the other guys and they you know so we kind of want to just talk about that the idea behind it uh you think I should just give a quick summary or how yeah okay so quick summary <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the guy's point was uh, he talks about the um, the famous story of the creation of the teddy bear, which is uh, real quickly. And actually, just read about this. I'm reading a biography about Teddy Roosevelt right now. Big uh, big fan of Teddy Roosevelt. Um, he was out hunting. He was for out for like two days. He's looking for bears. Uh, he was kind of trying to like relax and get away from you know the the political sphere of Washington, so he was in Georgia. Uh, he was hunting. Actually, maybe he was in Mississippi. Whatever. He was hunting, couldn't find anything for a few days. Finally he goes back to, the, to his camp, he relaxes, and then his, the guy that he was with finds one, beats it over the head with his, with his uh, gun, and ties it up to, the, to a tree. Uh, then he goes and gets Teddy Roosevelt so that he can come and shoot it and have the honor of being the one who successfully hunted this bear. And then Teddy gets there, sees that the animal is, like, you know, defenseless, it's dazed, he was just got hit, it's kind of like mangy, and he decides not, he, he has, for whatever reason, he has, there we go, we have a picture of the of the TED talk if you want to check it out. Um, he has a picture of the uh, of the teddy bear, and he sees it, he has compassion of it, he doesn't have a picture of it, of course, that's that's on the screen. Um Yes, compassionate teddy bear can't shoot it. It turns into this incredible thing. They make plush toys that are what we now know today, of course, as teddy bears. And it turns into this huge thing that changed the way that we perceived all bear species. This was a black bear. Also, this is a black bear. Shout out, shout out to the black bears. Um, this <laughs> this black bear species. Uh, there's a, a nice one gobbling down a uh, looks like a salmon. Uh, before this encounter they were basically the symbol for the danger of the the frontier and like why you can't be safe in America is because bears will just come and eat your things and then your things being like your possessions and your legs and your children um... (laughs) if that for some reason he hadn't say he hadn't had compassion on that and he had shot that bear there's a very good chance that they would be gone now. They would be like buffalo, like that. We would just have hunted them out. We were in the process of hunting them to extinction intentionally. So Teddy Roosevelt changed. He flipped the script on bears. He did this, and all of a sudden they were cute and they were, you know, cuddly. They were in your kids' uh, cribs. It's a it's a major change, and now we still have bears because of it. So he then goes on, and there's a lot to talk about, and uh. I think that that was the basic that really got us, uh, you know, Tony and myself, and thinking. Now, ben, did you get to watch it?
3: No, I did not. Okay.
0: Sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, this is we're we're gonna we want to introduce anyway. This is our our guest, Ben. Um, he's a uh, member of the Turtle Room, and he's we're just gonna kind of push you into the conversation for right now. Okay? Is, that, okay, is that cool? Sure. So, so the the idea really is what. You know how does the way that we view any wildlife species affect that species, uh, and affect the way that we, you know, that we handle conservation and the way that we handle the way that they're living. Um, so it's just really, uh, it was very thought-provoking for me. I got, I got going, so I thought it would be a good thing to talk about. Tony, what, what was, we, I know you, you'd said you did get a chance to watch the video in full. What did I miss? And is there, what are your thoughts on, on it?
1: Well, first of all, I'm angry with you because I really didn't have any room in my life for any more man crushes. Right. But TR.
0: this is this is
1: a, yeah, this is a new one. This is a new one. Wait, you mean so the guy I, or,
0: or Teddy Roosevelt?
1: No, not Teddy Roosevelt. Oh. Uh, okay. uh, John. Uh, well, obviously, I'm not crushing on that right much yet. He's Mua... M- m- uh, Muah. I'm not sure if the double L is a a Y sound. Muayam. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Uh, he's lovely, and I thought what was so cool about what he does is that he backs everything up with science. Right. And some of the science is is really interesting to us and what we do. One of the studies that they did is they put a fake snake and they put a fake turtle um, on the side of the road uh, for different studies, and you know a, a large majority of people um, will hit the snake. And much less will hit the will hit the turtle. Right. And then, you know, there's a certain percentage of each that hit that you know reported that they hit the animal on purpose. Which I thought is right. probably a skewed number anyway, because most people who who did so um, probably wouldn't, wouldn't say, say so. that they did yeah. so on purpose. Not not everyone's as dumb as Blake Shelton to run over turtles and brag about it afterwards. But yeah. I thought it was such a cool thing. And and some of that stuff is is. Uh, is, is just really cool to see backed up by the science, by the statistics, and by you know, right. Um, <clears throat> the 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 one part I really like too is that if you were if you live in upstate New York and you're and you watch more television, then you're going to be far less likely to, or far more scared to go out to leave right. your house. Right. Right. Which makes total sense, and who knows which came first, the chicken or the egg? Or no, not that you're going to be scared to leave your house. that You're going to be scared to get attacked by a black bear. That's that was right. why it was, it was interesting. Right. Well, well that's, that's what, what we, we have
0: we have these cultural cues that have been planted in us that to think of yeah. snakes, and that may that may be cultural uh, like worldwide. I don't know if that's a specific culture, but like we you know we vilify snakes. We always have. Um, I think that's the good thing. That's the interesting part about this about turtles is I think that turtles have pretty much one of the better reps. I mean, what what animal is cooler than Michelangelo and Leonardo? Like, that's
1: pretty Steve, much. Can you can you pull up the the thing from our Facebook page with the um, with the animensis that was um, that new the European zoo that did the uh, the installment of the animensis in the kitchen. This is what I thought of John,
2: oh, and yeah, I think you're
1: gonna yeah, okay. I think you're gonna appreciate this. So basically, okay. the zoo need the, the zoo made made the um the enclosure to look like a kitchen, like a soup kitchen, because the turtles have been hunted to um, well, really to being extinct in the wild a few years ago before some reintroductions as far as i know people dispute that and everything but i've talked about this species before on on podcasts but um, the and here it is right now so this is the zoo enclosure that's meant ah, to look like a yeah, kitchen yeah. Okay. and the point is isn't i i actually kind of like it at first i'm like oh well, that's kind of stupid but then really when you think about what it's supposed to um, Symbolized. Yeah. It's kind of what we're talking about here, because here is a species. Now, even though the turtles, you know, turtles have a good rep and they're they're seen as cuddly and cute, and there are a million plush toys that you can get for your kids that are you know turtles, but um, here is a reputation as a delicacy that. Right. Then spells death. So again, what we humans see uh, an animal as, either will protect it for as long as we're here, or will spell, or or or, or will mean its demise one way or another. Right. So this is a different way. Now they're not feared like snakes, but they will go extinct because instead of we, it's we love them, and which will make them go extinct. But we love them in a in a very selfish way. Right. Right.
0: Well, I mean, so I guess the question is, and this was one of the kind of, uh, you know, thought experiments that I wanted to, to, you know, to kind of go down the road I wanted to go down was what, you know, let's come up with some ideas or some things that we can do to improve, um, you know, to improve upon the view. What's something cool that could, you know what I mean? Like think like we have to think like marketers here because this is how it works. Like this is the big, the big leagues. Like how do we get turtles to have a better vision? We can't have the, you know, shooting them, tie them against the, Tree and should not shoot them, That doesn't work because that's already been done. What are?
1: It's it's such an uphill battle, and it's just, it's just like the guy John said on on the TED Talk. It, it's we're spending money on drones to watch species, and we're you know we're doing all sorts of different things to try to save species, whichever species we feel deserve it. We've talked about it before. Which species do you, do you choose to save? There is a species that I know Ben is very interested in because I want to get Ben into the conversation. Yeah, yeah. The Forstens the tortoise, which for whatever reason, no one seems to uh, here in the hobby or in the trade or what what have you, no one seems to be interested. Everyone will fall over backwards trying to get a, a, the radiated tortoise on their CBW or, uh, you know, will, will still spend $2,000 for a young radiated tortoise when, and don't get me wrong, we, we all love radiated tortoises too, but why not the Forsen tortoise? They're really awesome tortoise. We've talked about them tons so, of times so, on the podcast.
0: So, Ben, then why, why not? What's the answer to that? Why why, why isn't the Forsen tortoise
3: uh, sexier? Uh, they're just not flashy. That's it. You know? <laughs> right. They don't look like a radiated tortoise. I think if they did, it'd be a different story. Look at the Picassus <laughs> as well. You know, people right. look yeah. into those. So, so this
0: is this is a this is a, this should be an easy one then. So, this is like a Cinderella ugly ugly duckling thing. How do we get the people to think that they're pretty? We gotta. I think the off the top of my head, I think we gotta start dressing them up. We have to put them in clothes.
3: <laughs> and they're unique, it's, for starters, I mean. Right. Not. not Really don't know how to convince folks to work with the Forsten's tortoise. Really, just don't know how right now.
0: Well, what's what? What's your selling point? If you say so, say you you're trying. I'm. I've never worked with them. I never. I'm know very little. Sell me. Sell me. Why? <laughs> why Forsten's tortoise?
3: Oh, because uh, they don't get too large. They're critically endangered. No, that's, that's a
0: selling. That's a big selling point. People love critically endangered, they hear that and they go crazy.
3: But but I've noticed with the forest and I is they're critically endangered. Most folks are interested in obtaining wild-collected adults to breed them and sell the offspring, not so much to conserve the species to hold F1 animals, uh, known animals for the long term. The fecundity is pretty low on them and they don't get along with the <clears throat> other tortoises, they don't like cold weather and you know those are some downsides I think.
0: So the, it's uh, it's another another...
3: Where, where's, what's their their native range? Uh, northern Peninsula of Sulawesi and also in the uh, central portion of the island as well. Right okay.
1: That's the right, fourth we'll
2: largest
1: island in Indonesia. Give me a couple seconds here or we'll get it up on the map for everybody. Oh, nice. I'd like to get I would also like to get a photo up, Steve, if you can, that Ben has shown I this this might be difficult, but of, a photo of a of a hatchling force tonight because it's not like we're talking I'm about an ugly me. animal. As compared right, to a silkata uh, in my eyes, they're kind of Sokata's
0: cool. The katas are plain. I, I, don't, I don't understand why everyone loves katas. They're pretty, but they're, I mean, compared to a star or a radiated, like, what? Or leopard? Leopards are much nicer. I mean, I don't... I don't All right, here we I go. I think right here is
2: Sulawesi Tenga.
1: So circular.
2: You can see Sulawesi Tenga right here is one of the areas that they're native to. And then uh, Indotestudo the Forstena E is also here on Garantalo. And then uh, these are provinces in Indonesia and I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's these two provinces. Yep. Okay. Right there, Sulawesi Tengah. So the in fact the area here in orange right around my cursor, the yep. area in orange is their native country or province range. And they're you know, it's not like they even cover the entire orange portion there. That's just kind of their limits.
0: Right. Okay. So they're so they're they're extremely tropical then. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so, okay, And so forest
2: that's, tropical, too.
0: Right. Well, that's, I mean, do you think that, I mean, that has an effect on, on, on us, obviously, because we live in the Northeast, so it's cold, but, I mean, does that have a, a major effect, generally speaking, of tropical versus non-tropical? Does that have anything to do with our perception, where they're coming from? Or, I mean, it, maybe not even just forces, but other animals? Does just geography matter to us?
3: I don't think so. I think right. just, uh... Appearance is the main thing. Appearance and what are hatchlings worth? Well, it's the market. Right. So. Okay, so we need to get we need to get them dressed. Hannah,
0: can you start sewing some Force Tortoise dresses for me? Hmm. <laughs> We're gonna get. I think this is the, this is the idea. We gotta get we gotta get like a Miley Cyrus Force Tortoise outfit, okay. like something something interesting like that. I think that's where we go with this.
3: All right.
1: I'm Everybody in- like a wrecking ball.
0: <laughs> we uh, oh my, We should totally do a, a wrecking ball remake with Forsten's tortoises. Right. That would be tremendous. That's that's it. There's that's the, it. That's the. There's that's a our, wrecking ball. That's the big idea. <laughs> that looks like a sleeping ball. It is pretty though. Oh, see and that's really look at the babies. Cool. Yeah, Boy, that's cool.
1: Yeah. You see and the serrated marginals? How they're you know they're sharp like that or on the edge? That's 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 really cool. Yeah. And you know, there's the the question you asked Ben about if you know the geography as far as like where the, where the um, animals are coming from matters when we're trying to take them here and get them established. It does. I mean, I think there's so many different factors that go into it though, because you know, if having if if that mattered, then there wouldn't be so many redfoots up here. But right. really, they're just redfoots have been imported in large numbers and. People have had success breeding them, so they're kind of just all over the place now, and cheap as well. And price matters. Um, hu- so the, price the, the things that matters. matter the most. Probably, yeah, because that's what people are thinking when, they're going, when they don't know, and they're at Chris Leone's table, and they see the sulcata next to the Ibera Greek, and there's only a $15 difference. Well, I can save $15, so that means I can get Missouri, and I can get the latest issue of the tortoise, and leave with with my animal and those two things instead of just the animal right those when were really cool too the,
0: the, from the, the video we posted a video of the uh, the turtles that were at um that were at Hamburg this weekend uh on on the turtle room on the YouTube page and there's uh you see a lot of these animals a lot of the stuff that were uh at on his table and that's one of the, like, the the Iberia Greeks like that was one that I've I've never seen before personally and I, and I thought it was I thought they looked really cool
1: they're awesome. They get a little bigger than most Greeks, which means still small, right? And they can really handle cold temperatures. Why would you know? Why right. wouldn't you?
0: Right.
1: And then the you know the four the the tortoises. I mean, come on, man. I mean, now they don't handle the cold as well, but
0: right. So that one's a lot less, not less practical for someone buying at uh you know at, at in Pennsylvania, but it's it's probably for the larger world
3: that makes more sense. Well, they don't get so large, so it's not that right. difficult to maintain them indoors in a right. heated room. Right. How, how big? How
0: big do they get specifically? Give me uh, the carapace size. I
3: think ten inches straight carapace line for a big one. Okay. Uh, eight to nine, kind of on average. I have some really large adults and I have some small adults too. Just kind of varies from individual. Okay.
1: Um, For anyone who doesn't know, Ben actually started the the stud book for that species. And the stud book is um, something that's used by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums here in America to um, kind of maintain, keep track of the numbers of a certain species and maintain uh, health of the overall population. And um, he started that. So this... You know, we say that he knows his stuff about the species. He really knows his stuff. So Thank I just wanted you. to say that. <laughs> Absolutely, anytime.
0: <laughs> um, I so this is I do. We have some stuff to uh, a little more to kind of get back that was on that that thought that we were having. But I actually have um, a quick thing that I'd like to ask of you, Ben.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah this has been bugging me since we've started. Uh, we've done a couple of these group Skype sessions. So I've seen you before, but I want to know what is on your wall. I want. Can you describe those things to me? The things behind you. Um... They're so cool-looking, but I don't know what they are.
3: A mirror? And then they... <laughs> a oh, that's a mirror? Damn it. I thought it was, like, a painting. Um, let's see
0: here. Oh, yeah, the painting moves. It's just a mirror.
3: <laughs> Mind the boxes. I guess this is... Can, I get... Can you see it? Nice. Zero rendezvous. Um... I at a uh, thrift store. That's really places, cool. And uh, the Memphis Zoo has a zoo rendezvous every year. And every year they, um, you know, do some artwork of an animal made out of food. You Why know? <laughs> food? Know, that's their yearly poster. And <laughs> I found that one at the thrift store of a Komodo dragon. <laughs> um, that's so great. 2001. So... I bought it. Perfect. The uh, four dollars I spent, I guess, on room decor. You got it for four dollars? I think something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh my
0: god! That's what I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm embarrassed. I need to really get some some good animal-based wall decor. The only thing I have is we got a uh, we got a, a a whale on our shower curtain. That's new. But
1: we're not impressed.
0: No, I know it's 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 I'm terrible, and it, so is that a, is that then a stuffed monitor
3: up there also or what is what's the It's uh, kind of a uh, metal uh, salamander monitor lizard kind of thing sculpture. That's awesome. Yeah, picked it up at uh, the raw store around here I think for ten dollars uh... <laughs> So you have fourteen dollars <laughs> and the best wall in America. Thank you. That's a. Uh... About the only one, though. Everything else is bare for now. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. So good.
3: Um,
0: all right, so that was, I'm, I'm glad that's been really, Ooh. I needed to get that, I needed to know that. So. Okay.
2: Um.
0: Oh, actually, God, also, while, while we're in the middle, too, let me bring up, I wanted to mention our sponsor, Omni Reptiles. They were our sponsor a couple of weeks ago, um, but we just wanted to make sure that we gave them another shout-out. Do we have Do we have a website for them or no? Steve, you're on mute. Steve's on mute. Look at his face. You're on mute, Steve. There it is.
2: Omnireptiles.com. It's okay. I was coughing. So was thing.
0: <laughs> okay. So Omnireptiles.com. Check yep, it out. Here,
2: That's our, present our that here. Today. Omnireptiles.com. Presenting to everyone.
0: Yep.
2: It's actually a decent website. They've got lots <laughs> of different stuff. This website actually lizards.
0: doesn't stink. It's great. Yeah,
2: you know, <laughs> it's a nice. They have a nice site. Lizards, bearded dragons, mm-hmm. millions, geckos, iguanas, miscellaneous saligua- lizards, monitors, tegus, stings, chermaskas, snakes, ball pythons, morphos, both constrictors, colubrids, miscellaneous snakes, pythons, turtles, tortoises, salamanders, newts, frogs, toads, tarantulas, and scorpions.
0: Okay, so they got a little bit of everything. Yeah. Okay. Hence
2: the name Omni Reptiles.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Yes, like omnipresent. It's from or the omni Latin. Boar. Yeah, omni i. That's the Latin. Oh. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, I'm not, I haven't brushed up lately, but, um, and I wanted to also, I thought of this, I'm going to run this by uh, by you guys. I think that one of the things that we're missing is a, a name, it's kind of a cliche, hacky thing, but we need a name for our fans, the people that tune in every week, uh, and I think I've, came, I think I came up with one. Have like, you guys thought about this yet? Tadpoles? <laughs> I, not a bad idea, not a bad idea. Um, that's exactly, the, that's the down the road, I just went a little bit further down the road. Uh, I'm going with the pawn scum. <laughs> you pawn scum, turn tune in. I think that. I uh, don't know. what do we think? I don't know that. That's
2: going to be the endearing term we're looking for.
0: Well, I don't like our fans, so that's why I said that. Um, when you've got three and a
1: half fans, you yeah, might want to be nice to them.
0: I'm no, I no, I meant to say I didn't. I don't like our our, our fan it's just the one right um
1: so you know who you are
0: <laughs> thanks for watching bud um <laughs> the uh so the 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 finishing part of the uh, of the ted talk i thought was he, he kind of took it a different direction this is again just another uh kind of quick uh or thing I, I wanted to hear tony what you thought um he talked about conservation-reliant species and how we've gotten to a point where there's so many species, and this plays right. I mean, Forsen's being a perfect example and a lot of the other critically endangered animals. These things, because of our views and the way that we have shaped you know, our, 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 our planet, there's a lot of these species that are only living because we're kind of propping up and rigging their environment in their favor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm... I think that that's obviously very, uh, very sad. That 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 thought that he had at the end really, really hit me, um, and definitely again encourage everybody to watch it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really know if I have a point to make on that. I just thought that that was really, really poignant, and I wanted to mention it. I mean, did that, did that hit you like it hit me, Tom?
1: Well, that's a sad thing, and we'll, get, we'll give we'll get Ben a chance to chime in on this too because he's got the the years of experience in the zoos. Yeah. Um, but I think. You know, that point is, is a really sad one because no matter what we do, there are animals that won't be able to exist in the wild um, because of us. Right. And um, it's just the way it is. You can make laws. Laws just make, you know, the really tough-to-get species more desirable and raises the price tag up. Right. Um, for the people who are willing to break the laws anyway they can get double the amount of money when they break the laws so it's right. really the enforcement that needs to step up um, and I think but the the conservation the conservationists inside of me which is a pretty loud voice for me um, sees the value in uh, like what's happening right now in uh, South America with those few frog and toad species that they're keeping. Right. That they're keeping alive in captivity because that um, disease came through and wiped out the population of a few of the a few of the species there. Like right. that, to me, that to me is a very important uh, important uh, project to be a part of. As important in my mind, and this is my own little mind, so feel free to to disagree with me if you want. But I think it's as important as conserving animals in the wild who are whose population is dwindling. I know that that's kind of a um, you know, a, a touchy thing to, to say, um, but it's kind of the, what's that guy's name, uh, Richard August, the guy from The Chance of the World Changing, that yeah, we're yeah. on this downward spiral right now, yeah. and we're pretty much going to wipe out everything, so right. I think we should try to save whatever needs it when that opportunity comes, because... Uh, and, and when the opportunity really comes because we can't save it all um, so I think you need to choose based on need at that moment and and try to act on it that's that's my thought anyway
0: okay yeah I think that's it's important definitely said but, I mean Ben do you have obviously you didn't get the chance to, to see but I mean, do you have any thoughts
3: um I mean, it seems that you know, all a species needs is somebody that's going to um, speak up for it.
0: Champion uh, it, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's really it. I, that's what I've seen with the different zoos and my time as zoos, is it depends on what a particular curator is interested in, really, mm-hmm. and what they're willing to put forth the resources and time to do right um at memphis zoo here they were really into saving the mississippi gopher frog rena cerosa, which only exists in i think three vernal pools or something in north or, or middle mississippi so they kind of spearheaded that because it was local which is uh great you know i think that's kind of a an important thing is to kind of act locally first, um, you know, what's around you. And I guess Anthony and Steve, you guys have a lot of uh, pretty uh, important turtles around you guys with the Clemmies and Galyptemies and what have you. So, you know, it's local. You right. Know, that's where it's going to start, you you know, raise awareness. Right. Whomever you can.
0: Right.
2: Lancaster County, right here uh, at headquarters, so to speak, is uh, has one of the largest remaining populations of bog turtles anywhere. Um, there are two. There's one major preserve and another one being uh, created right now. So, um, you know, people are doing all, uh, There's a lot happening here to help preserve them too. and
0: th- that's an interesting species that I was thinking of too. As like, you know, obviously it's overlooked because of I don't know exactly why, because of its size and because of it's so rare. So I guess people don't see them a lot. Like a lot of people, I think don't, you know, well, layperson, they don't. People don't know what a bog turtle is or what, a, you know, why it matters. People in
2: the hobby who don't live in Florida or Texas, some, or California, right. where somebody's breeding, don't want to talk about them either, for right. fear that somebody thinks they're going to go out into the wild and try to catch some bog turtles right. because they live near them or something. And right. it's like well, you that's why. That's how I that never want to do right. is help Keep them in the wild.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, I, we need to identify one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a bog turtle. How about is that a? <laughs> I think Donatello's. He's a boggy guy.
1: That's They're too big.
0: That's yeah. back to my my early my early point though that we for that for the telling of stories and the way that we have we've dealt with that in the past turtles. I mean they couldn't have anything cooler than a Teenage Mutant Ninja ver- version of themselves. Pretty much anything that was a Teenage Mutant Ninja. I mean, you could have Teenage Mutant Ninja Rattlesnakes, and yeah, anything, and that would have been really cool. So I think we, I think Turtles lucked out on that count. But, but bog turtles, though, very sad.
3: <laughs> yeah, but there's a big concern about localities being, um, you know, known and the animals yeah, yeah, being moved. Right, right. That's a huge, huge, realistic concern.
2: Yeah, every time anytime they talk about any of the preserves in the newspaper or anything, it's in such and such a township. And yeah, right. so you know, there, there's nothing close to any kind of location given at all. It's just kind of a general, you know, vicinity. So you can so people can't go like cause problems because they are in such dire straits.
3: Well, that's happened. I can't recall the um article of course but um with the uh, north american wood turtle where a population study was presented and then the population dwindled within a couple of years because the location was known
1: yeah it's so sad to collect them
0: so this this is this that's is that, that's we can work with that too though so let's steve let's get a new logo going i have an idea it's coming off the top of my head right now Already? Should, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. it be a guy in a lawn chair with one of those flashlight headbands and a shotgun sitting next to one of these vernal pools. That could be. <laughs> Stuck we'll my that. lawn? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. We'll go for the the crotchety old guy vibe, maybe. And then uh, all of a sudden we have something we have something for the general public to uh, to talk about
1: with bog turtles. It's actually not a bad idea. It's not a, It's right. That's not a terrible idea. You thought that was gonna be dumb.
2: Not necessarily a logo, yeah, but we bad. can use that as a campaign, uh, campaign
0: yeah. art. Yeah. Well, yeah, not not like a logo, like a Smokey the Bear thing, like uh, you know, like a the personality behind the Turtle Room, a mascot, a mascot.
2: Okay, a mascot. Okay, yeah.
3: that, that's a, a, there. We go.
0: I'm willing to pose for pictures if we if we want to do that.
3: You need to get the out there underneath the lawn care, though.
0: Oh, perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. He doesn't even know it's right there.
3: My wife
1: is throwing things at me right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why? Don't, don't. She's picked up picked up a box turtle shell to throw at me. And she, <laughs> she threw four things at me. I'm so embarrassed. Okay. I'm blushing. Whew, I can feel it.
0: It's okay. It's okay.
1: Woo. Do we need to mute your
2: camera, Anthony? Yeah, Try you withstand the
0: barrage? <laughs> Remember Lamaz.
1: She just. She just broke a, a mud turtle shell that she threw at me. Why? Why is she's not mad at me? This is her joking.
3: <laughs> Breaking yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: That's she just terrible. threw a. She threw. A, she broke a mud turtle shell. It's broken. <laughs> I, I like can do it.
0: Yeah. Just glue it right back together. Have her do it.
1: I'm embarrassed. I don't know what to do. It's okay. No, you've
0: you've you've totally derailed the
1: podcast. But
0: uh, don't be embarrassed,
1: though. I didn't derail anything. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Where were we? Um, uh,
0: bog turtles. That was good. Bog turtles. Yeah. So again, I think bog turtles, as much with any of these other critically endangered species, you know, they, you know, if we can, is there a way to rebrand them? Can we? Can we rebrand them? Um, does that make sense? Is that
3: like is it even worth it to try? Well, I don't know if bog turtles need to be branded. It's a holy grail of turtles.
1: It's true.
0: Yeah. Well, that I mean, play that up, though. I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking in a in a, my specific perspective, but I feel like we Again, don't know. enough <laughs> people don't know about them.
1: The, like the issue is protecting them in the wild. Right. So that's bigger than rebranding. That's that's. But I'm saying, so, you, so
0: you're, you're missing, I, I don't, I, like, by rebranding or by making, having some sort of public um, display to gain consciousness that can help that because then the more people that know about it and have, have it on their, it's a, the attention is on them, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think anyone, the, the Teddy Roosevelt thing, like, that only happened because the teddy, the plush, the, the toy got really big.
1: I understand, but listen. Th- you're com- we're comparing apples to oranges because a, 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 a grizzly bear, a polar bear, a black bear is completely different than a bog turtle because the issue, or or even a snake. Because the issue is that the the bog turtle is not being hunted to extinction because people are scared of it that it's going to come and eat their children, or that everyone's going to get salmonella from living in the same neighborhood. The the issue Greed. is that <laughs> yeah. they're worth a lot of money. Right. And right. until you can change the fact that there was a lot of money, which you can't, or until you can pay for enforcement where people feel like it's not worth it anymore to commit wildlife crimes, then they're going to continue to be exploited and you have to continue, and they'll never be, they'll, the population will never grow. Um, What's
0: the private breeding situation with them?
1: Nothing? Uh, very little? Very few, nothing.
0: Very few of the talk about it.
1: There
2: yeah, are private people don't have, talk about it. And some of the zoos and aquariums won't even talk about it, but Knoxville's doing good work with them. Um, See, I think that
0: this is cool. That, I, maybe I am wrong. This is, like, really cool. There's, like, mystery surrounding it. People don't talk oh, about yeah. it. Like, that makes it really cool.
2: Well, and Knoxville had had a good program going, but then some disease wiped out a number of their founder animals. Um Sucks. Yeah, granted, they had released so many offspring from those founders back into protected habitats that they really weren't going to be able to release anymore because, uh, you know, they would have been overwhelming, you know, the genetics of, you know, the area with one particular, you know, with just a couple bloodlines. So, I mean, it still stinks that it happened, but at the same time, it's... Um, <clears throat> you know, at least they pretty much had exhausted what they could have done in the area they had come from, as far as getting their offspring back into the wild. But right. you never want to see, you know, founder animals have that happen to them. Right.
1: And John, these are these are listed on the endangered Federal Endangered Species Act, right. which limits interstate trade and. Uh-huh. Um, you, they also don't give. Can we get a picture permits. of one? Do we, they, they don't ask? give permits for any um, American native species that are on the ESA, so that's why people don't work right. with them. Right,
0: right, right. No, I get it.
3: I get it. I mean, it's very mysterious. It's all very mysterious. I think that's cool. I remember back in the uh, '90s, Don Hamper used to have babies at the Aloha reptile shows every every few months. Twelve hundred dollars. Back then, wow, yeah, and it seems like since then they've really just kind of gone disappeared. People don't talk about them anymore.
0: I think this right. is a
3: really interesting story. I think we gotta find, we gotta tell it. That's what that's what
0: it is. Or someone's gotta tell it. That's so. That's my that's my conclusion here. I'm i thinking. Good so luck cool.
1: finding the info to tell.
0: Well, right. That's what I'm saying. That's why it has. To, this is like. But that's one, you know, the, the the good movies. That's those ones where they they no one can has the information, and then they dig deep and they and they find it. We got to get a. They need a hero, like you said. They need a champion. Here's one of our little friends. It's really cool. And
2: and actually, one of the coolest parts about this, if you can read that little line down there, the caption under the picture of bog turtle. The turtles were first discovered right here in Lancaster County in the 18th century. Wow.
1: That that means 1700s, John. Right. 1700s. Yeah, it was actually a right.
2: a a, a, uh, a pastor who was also a naturalist in his uh, spare time, a <laughs> uh, uh, Reverend Muhlenberg.
0: Oh, Muhlenberg. Really? That's a big, big hence Pennsylvania a name. Yeah. name
2: Muhlenbergi.
0: Muhlenbergi, right. Right. <laughs> that's you know that's a I think that that's a really good point and that was actually something else that I wanted to or an interesting point to go from there uh, that I wanted to talk about is that you think about so this so those this specific species was discovered, like, that's a long time ago, considering most of what we knew about American wildlife. Uh, I just read uh, Peter Mathiason's uh, Wildlife in America book, where he kind of goes through the history of, you know, like, a lot of the stuff that we knew was hearsay before, you know, 1700, 1600, because we, there was no, you know, I mean, like, the, the, the written records that we have were not even here.
2: Not, we only, like, not only that, people couldn't communicate with one another. Right, right, exactly. All. So right. you'd have six different people discovering right. the same thing, aiming at right, six right. different things, and then they had to backtrack to figure out, uh, well, is it all the same thing? Right. Is it not? It right, is, and, that, anyway. and so it, that shows you
0: how, how it's not even really tenable, the the information you don't... Like, a lot of the stuff, it, That's what it brought me back to, like, uh, there's still so much that we don't know. It was just a, a beautiful way to prove that, that, like, okay, all these... If you ask someone... In 1850, if there were tigers, they'd say, "Yeah, like out west, there's." they know I mean? Like people didn't know. They would. They would thought that there was tigers there. Like that was one of the things they thought that there was. Um, you know, like buffalo were existed in Mexico as far down as Mexico. Like the American bison, and it's just not accurate anymore because things change. And like, how do you even find that information out? I saw, I saw a Snapple cap today. I, I had a, a, a Snapple lemon iced tea, and uh, the Snapple. Yes. This beautiful, my one of my favorite beverages, best stuff on earth. What, <laughs> what the Snapple cap was was it said a polar bear can smell a seal from twenty miles away. Now, did how did we find that? How do we do we give yeah. a polar bear the the hard questioning? Like how does that? How do we figure that out? It's based on one time some guy was watching a, a seal and or watching a polar bear and followed it until it got to a seal. You know what I mean? Like how I'm guessing. How do we have like this? The information is so minuscule. I don't know. I feel like that's we just. There's so much that we don't know, especially about behavior. And most and turtles, especially bog turtles, they're underwater ninety percent of the time. You know, they don't. What do we really know?
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Like how how do we know what they're doing down there? But don't. Right. It's cool. It's mysterious. There's still there's still some mystery.
2: And they're so tiny and mysterious right. that sometimes. I wonder if somebody's just going to all of a sudden stumble on a whole bunch of extra ones of them that nobody ever, because they are so secretive, right. and granted their habitat has you know been destroyed for housing and even yeah. farming, like yeah. bogs have been turned into farmland here in Lancaster County, right. and um, you know and you know that. They're, they're doing, that they can't be doing all that well, but because of how mysterious and reclusive and tiny they are, sometimes I just feel like, you know, at some point somebody's going to all of a sudden realize, hey, there were 20 more here than we thought there were.
3: Right. You know? I've, yeah, I've heard that, Steve, that they're more common than they're led on to be. You know, that's kind of been an argument about them. And another interesting facet about them that, you know, again, I've just heard is that they live not necessarily in a bog, but like in a wet meadow, where there's yeah. just an inch or two of water, so it's yeah. the last stage before bog turns into a meadow. So that's right. kind of an issue that they've had is the very specific habitat they require. Right. Yeah, it's the not, not the bog, and it's ground. not the meadow. Right. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the you know that stuff those wet meadows you know it was real easy to just add a little bit of extra soil to those yeah, was, while somebody was removing it from somewhere else and all of a sudden right, you had more farmland. It's farmland right and yep. and here in Lancaster County the, the the soil's great for that you know this is this is farm country and so right. you know it was real easy to go hey we, you know we build a housing development over there we need more farmland let's take the dirt we took out for their basements let's put it here and now we got more farms mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so they I mean uh, the 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 other side of the coin is kind of that it, their environment was, and if that's indeed their, you know, their natural environment. It's so precarious that it's kind of a poor evolutionary niche to be only able to exist in yeah. two inches of water in a meadow. Like that's unfortunate and that sucks. But like, how are we get, We're never going to be able to replicate that enough to keep the species going, right?
3: Don't say out.
0: Yeah, I mean that's unless I have I have a, a, a wet dry vac that carries two gallons at a time I think you can put it on reverse so it'll shoot the water out we have to bring we'll have to bring a bunch of those out to the, the meadows that we know I don't know how practical that
3: is another problem it. they're facing is invasive plants that suck up the water too um, and right. destroy the habitat yeah. too so I guess uh, when you're doing your landscaping don't plant invasive plants. Right. Yeah, plant natives. Right.
0: And again that's uh,
1: I think about that all the time. How how are, there's there's this argument all the time about invasive species and everything. How are we allowed to purchase as many invasive plants as we do? It's amazing. I mean go to Lowe's and look at the plants, especially the ones that are sold as house plants, too. I mean, a lot of them can't survive here, but I doubt in a lot of the warmer states I mean, Ben, you could speak to that more because you're in a warmer state, but uh, they're selling house plants that can survive outdoors, no?
3: They are. I think uh, that's a newer idea, not selling invasive plants, and, you know, it's it's not coming around you know the conservation of planting um, native species for the native wildlife, as opposed to uh, right. plants that need lots of water, lots of nutrients, and right. put all these resources into having an unnatural habitat. Right.
0: right. All right, guys. I think that's this is a good place to uh, to end the conversation. Uh, we have to we have to wrap up. Uh, ben, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time. Um, How great is Ben?
1: How great is best, Ben? Right? The
0: best, absolutely the best. Um, another shout out to Omni Reptiles. Check out their uh, their 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 pretty good website, and uh, please also check out theturtleroom.com. Um, that's... That's our website. That's our show. We've been uh, we've been breathing from our butts this whole time. Thanks, Ben, for uh, for engaging in that with us.
3: You're welcome.
1: So long. Bye. Later.